Okay, so I'm here with Bucky Cutright. Um, he is a partner in Booze and Booze. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm co-founder. Co-founder of Booze and Booze. Yeah, and that is a company that it, uh, does ghost tours. Ghost yeah, tours. yeah, yeah. It's actually the the actual company is Columbus Ghost Tours, um, and Booze and Booze is our. We originally started as a um, haunted tavern tour because whenever I'd travel, I'd always want to take the haunted bar tours, and they were usually very limited offerings, and they would sell out right away. Mm -hmm. So I thought, why not just do that all the time? <laughs> and it worked. Um, but as we've gone on, we've uh, expanded to do a lot of different types of tours. We did an international tour of Ireland uh, two years ago. Wow. And um, uh, we done Native American uh, ancient Ohio earthworks tours and things like that so so yeah so it's Columbus ghost tours now but the booze and booze the Facebook and the Instagram and the e Gmail are sort of holdovers from that uh, um, original right okay. iteration of the business yeah okay so how long ago did you start this uh, about eight years ago so about 2012 ish yeah yeah it started as a um, a thing for friends actually we were just gonna uh, the Columbus Landmark Foundation does ghost tours around uh, uh, Halloween, and um, some friends and I were going to go on that, but I knew that uh, my friends could be a little rowdy, uh -huh. and the, the, the Landmark Foundation tour can sometimes be a little more sedate, so I thought someone suggested I do one, and I said, sure, what the hell. So I just d did a crash uh, course in um, research, and uh, I had one of my friends, um, Mother's Soa, red satin devil suit for me okay but kind of like john lovitz and um uh took to the uh, streets it, and so many friends wanted to go that first year we had to do two uh separate bus loads or three excuse me and everywhere we went people were asking for business cards so it sort of happened organically uh -huh. yeah and so yeah. when you came up with the idea was it I mean, this is after the friend thing. When you're like, hey, this can actually be something bigger. Yeah. Um, did you have any problems actually collecting, you know, uh, getting the interest in ticket sales? No, or? no, no, no. That's a, Well, I, I let it um, – I let it – like I did really let it grow organically. It was slow, and it was just the first um, – like the first year, it was just groups of friends and so many people. We had to do three. Then the next year, it was friends and their friends. And then the next year, I sort of opened it up to a – and we filed, you know, yeah. made it an official business. Right. And, um, and then we were free to advertise and do all that sort of stuff. And um, it was originally just a fall activity, but then each year, it would grow the the season grew longer and longer mm -hmm. and longer and I would be uh, sold out from September until February and yeah. uh, well it seems like wherever you go and especially people that I tend to gravitate towards mm -hmm. you ask them what their favorite holiday is and it's Halloween right yeah. um, so you started in 2012 um, how did you collect the information on the places that were, and I'm going to use finger quotes here, yeah. haunted. Haunted, yeah. Um, I, well, a variety of uh, ways. I um, have always been, uh, I've had a an interest in all things spooky and dark since I was a, a, a infant almost. And um, 
whenever I was in high school, I would uh, work in the restaurants here in Columbus, uh, the um, Salvi's at the Continent. No, most people probably wouldn't know what that is. But um, I had a lot of friends in the restaurant industry. And anytime I would hear a story about someplace having something spooky happen in different restaurants throughout town, it would always stick in my head. And I had a lot of those stories and also having had years of um, experience in the hospitality industry here, I I knew a lot of people, so I heard all this different stuff from all around. And then the internet was a great uh, initially, and now I um, do a lot deeper research, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, through, a, through a variety of uh, methods. But yeah, it's... Um, it's it's I've gained way more stories than I can ever sh- possibly share. So when you you um, I'm trying to think about because I've never done a ghost tour. Mm-hmm. How so do you have like a time where you meet up and then everybody gets together and you? How does that work? Yeah, well, basically, um, yeah, we just we we arrange a meeting spot and uh, and everyone meets and then I usually start out with a couple jokes or so. Yeah. And then, no, I mean, and, is it the same? Do you meet at the same spot each time? Um, or do you kind of pick different places to no, meet up? No, I have to mix it up. Otherwise, I would go insane. Right. Telling okay. the same stories over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. And, and um, it's... Plus, that way, you can bring people come back again yeah, for I, different stories. Yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a fantastic uh, um, uh, clientele that's yeah. uh, repeat customers. Um, you know, uh, folks will are very supportive and that's one thing you know people always talk about columbus being such a supportive place for the mm-hmm. arts and yeah i mean i've got i've got folks that have just been wonderful you know yeah. they're, they're going to be there for everything i do and i you know is now is it it's booze and booze so booze is the you can drink yep and then you tell you tell stories yeah yeah so that yeah the, the yeah the, those tours um yeah we meet up at a bar you get a, get a drink and you have a seat, and I tell you about the history of the building that mm-hmm. we're in and the ghost stories associated with it, and sometimes the surrounding area, because uh, just depending on my whim, they're they're not scripted. Uh, that's yeah. one thing. When you've been doing it as long as I have, you do tend to uh, you. It can come out very polished, but yeah. but yeah, it's not really. It's just because you know it. Yeah, and I've or I've you know telling the same story five thousand times. Yeah. It's like I can I can kind of put it out there and man that's that's yeah. excellent yeah um i'm kind of jealous oh i'm i'm really i'm really into the paranormal yeah i'm i'm a skeptic mm-hmm. but I, I just it's fascinating yeah you know um it, oh it is and that's you know well it's I, I when i started the tours i mean i've always been into everything like i said creepy uh but i i saw them as a way to introduce people to um, local businesses and local history mm-hmm. and uh, um, do it through ghost stories because, you know, if you just tell people like, oh, this building was built in such a blah, 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 yeah. that's boring as hell. But if you throw in the, hey, you might see one of the guys that built this place and this is, it sticks in your head. Yeah. So that was really how I started the whole thing with that idea in mind. And I mean, I think that teaching people uh, some of the local history is kind of important because it m- makes them feel invested. And Columbus is such a transitory place where mm-hmm. people come and they're living for a little bit and they just tear the shit out of a neighborhood and move on, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, that's, you know, we're seeing with, uh, you know, whatever the hell is going on in the short north and its development now. But, uh, oh, right. Yeah. There's a lot of. Yeah. The people that are moving in don't give a 
crap. You know, <laughs> they're, um, they're, they're, they're really tearing it up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about like the city is going in yeah, there. Yeah. That's, re- yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah. 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 yeah the, all those, um, uh, yes, tax abatements, mixed use. But it, I, just, I just felt it was really important to get all these residents who are coming in and they have no idea what where they're living and what the history and all that stuff is and they don't care. So yeah. um, giving them, kind of luring them with ghost stories and then being like, aha, now you know <laughs> about this place is it was sort of a, what I was trying to do. And um, But with that said, it didn't take very long after doing these where people would have experiences or just having having folks that would uh corroborate each other's stories for that don't know each other and i'm like there's, yeah there's something this i don't know what a ghost is i don't mm-hmm. know you know um but but uh, but the fact that people are having experiences is indisputable as far as i'm concerned you know yeah i understand yeah. um so okay now you're are you from Columbus? No, I'm from West Virginia, actually. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, um, so. I think I may have read that. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but where are some of your favorite places? Uh, here, here in town. Yeah. Um, well, there's a, there's a f- quite a few. Um, uh, one I'm really sad to possibly be losing today is uh, was announced the Elevator Brewing Company is uh, up for sale. So what? Uh, yeah, the owner has uh, decided he's time for him to retire he's 81 and um that would be a great loss if anyone does anything to that building which i don't know how they could because it's yeah. um almost well, that's, that's frozen news to me. You in heard time. It here folks yeah <laughs> breaking news uh sad breaking news yeah. um but i'm sure that that place will live on yeah oh I, I yeah i'm sure it will it's just kind of you never know there was a brief period in the 90s when it was a goth dance club called paradigm i don't yeah, know if you I remember that yeah, i've yeah. never been there but uh, i remember yeah, i went once i remember when it was reopened as, as the elevator that, yeah 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 i was there one time when it was paradigm and that's i was, thought it was so cool to be uh in a haunted <laughs> yeah. goth club for a second genuinely haunted or supposedly now um yeah there's so many good places around uh, town, um, and I've been um, going to them for so long. The Char Bar, the Ringside, uh, what is now once again the Jury Room. It's a fantastic location. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I laugh yeah. is because uh, my last podcast, was, he's a local chef, Josh yes. Kayser. Yes. Do you know him? I don't know Josh. Okay. Um he was in the jive turkeys and the enlargements. He's been okay, in yeah. bands his whole life. I was in a band with him. Um, <clears throat> and he brought up the jury room. Mm. Um, the owner, the when it, when she owned it. Uh, uh, yes, Liz? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Told him stories about things happening mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, she had a, uh, that's when we started uh when we started the tours, she she was owner. One then, of the so, yeah. stops that you would make. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she um yeah, I knew her for a long time because I, yeah. So first... explain what she would, what would happen at that place. Well, the, the, and that like for the listeners or viewers, yeah. this is a bar across from the state capitol building. No, oh, from the from the um jail from the jail. Yeah, okay. so from the courthouse in the jail. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's uh yeah, it's twenty two uh, West Mound or East okay. Mound, excuse me. Yeah, it uh that that building um. When it was built, it's estimated to have been constructed around 1831. Wow. And um, 
and it was the oldest continually operating bar in the city until it closed um, about two years ago mm -hmm. and now it's just a private event space but still you know it's still there yeah and um, it, whenever it was built in 1831 that's when the National Road which was George Washington's idea of a road that would go from Cross the Atlantic to Pacific, it dead ended here. Broad Street, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, it it kind of jog, jogs over. Was, some of it was Main Street, some of it was. But anyway, in 1831, it dead ended here in Columbus. So this was the end of the line. If you were traveling westward, uh, mm -hmm. this was kind of the dead end at that point. And because of that, a lot of these inns, stagecoach inns, and taverns popped up, and that was one of them. Yeah, I wonder what it was called back then. I, you know, I don't know. I've I've seen quite a few different names over periods, but anyway, it uh yeah it it ended up becoming a brothel as well, offering you know something other than a hot meal and a, <laughs> Cold, or a warm uh, beverage. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, and um, one of the more famous stories was a a, a madam named Frances Miller on April third or March thirty first. Uh, 1859 she uh she would close her doors at midnight and wouldn't let anybody in after midnight uh you know the that was the uh, whoring was over <laughs> at that point and um there were some young german immigrant boys who uh, were out drinking in town and they decided they wanted to cap the night off with the old in and out and uh tried to stop there but she'd already locked the doors and uh one of them a 22 year old named paulus rupert tried to break in and uh, knowing that that was going to end poorly, you know, there would be certainly be rape involved and yeah. violence. So she uh, went and grabbed a gun to um, protect um, her girls and herself. And she ended up shooting a hole in the kid. Wow. And uh, because of that, um, even though she was, you know, doing nothing more, guilty of nothing more than self-defense, really, from a home invasion, uh she was um, locked up for nine years, and uh, yeah, so so she is said to haunt the location. Uh, Paulus, uh, do you know where she passed on? Uh, no, Frances, um, her trail seems to go cold after after that. Uh, she, I've never been able to find any burial records for okay. her. Um, I, you know, I've been gone through a lot of different old newspapers uh, sources and everything, and I haven't really figured out where what happened to her after that. Mm -hmm. um, Paula, so he's um, he's buried in Greenlawn, and uh, um, he haunts a place. Another um, aspect of it is that uh, prostitution was legal at the time that this occurred, but I think it was kind of one of those things where a, a lot of the movers and shakers in downtown would swing by after work before they go home, <laughs> and it wasn't really aware. It wasn't common knowledge what the place was, and once that happened, it sort of blew the lid wide open and uh and the story goes that lorenzo english he was the mayor of columbus at the time he got really upset mm -hmm. about the thing so he was the one that insisted that uh francis miller do so such a severe sentence because he was pissed yeah. <laughs> he couldn't go so he's also said to haunt the location um as well but yeah so there's a lot of fun stories uh liz had um she would have things um it's called a borrower phenomenon where things would vanish and then they would reappear at random times and random locations. Okay. Uh, cases of glassware would do that. Um, like the entire case. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff that they, um, so now would you think not to cut you off, but yeah. do you think this was like, um, or do you know if it was like, man, I just set it there and it's gone or it was something that's been sitting there for a long time. 
Uh, and it's just gone. And then it, there's like, it wasn't there two minutes ago. It would be, it would be the, um, I know I put that there. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not there. Yeah. It's and, so it's almost like, uh, the entity is playing a trick. On yeah. A, a gag. And that's, what was, um, a, a lot of, uh, there was a woman, I, I, I cannot remember her name. There used to be a law office in the back and uh, there was a woman who's worked there since uh, the eighties and, uh, that's no longer there. The current owner, Megan Dempsey, has turned it into an Airbnb, which you can spend the night in, which is amazing. The back wing was added in mm -hmm. the 1880s just as a, a place for the prostitutes. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a woman that worked back there uh, for decades, and she uh, said that, yeah, the the playful pranks, that's always Paulus. She felt because she'd spent so much time alone in that building that she had a kind of repertoire with him. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo was the bit, uh, you know, the mayor was kind of an angry asshole um, that would be a little more uh, disturbing to encounter. And then Francis just exuded an air of sadness. So, wow. But, but yeah, but so now the... Um, yeah, the the Paulus thing, like the the glasses disappearing and reappearing, um, was common. <laughs> uh, actually, the current owners they live upstairs, and uh, um, one of them, his watch disappeared uh, for two weeks, and he couldn't find it. And all of a sudden, one day he was going upstairs, and it was right there in the middle of the uh, no stairs, <laughs> which would you know you'd step on it and stuff. So that's those are the sorts of things that are usually attributed to the the young man that was killed. So I'm glad he's not holding a grudge. Right. <laughs> you know? um, so do you, okay. Going back to the national road, mm -hmm. it ended here for a time being for the time that was <clears throat> one of the main ways that, uh, a lot of travelers heading West mm -hmm. yeah. back in the end of the, you know, the late 1700s, early 1800s. Yeah. Um, I mean, before that, there was nothing. Yeah, just the waterways. Yeah, yeah. Which so people the older come, cities. Yeah, a lot of this area was uh, mostly inhabited by Native Americans mm -hmm. and uh, or indigenous people. Mm -hmm. How much of this area do you think has been settled on top of all of it? Um, it's, okay, uh, yeah. that's what I was looking. Yeah, at. Uh, no, all of it. There's um, that's one thing. Last year we started offering our ancient Ohio earthworks tours and taking people to all these different things because they're uh, they're amazing. You know, like what before and you're probably going to give the people a different story. Than, oh yeah, than the National the, Park Service. Yeah. Yes, okay. <laughs> or the Ohio History Connection. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. I um I uh, I. They're um, the, the like Brad Lepper, the um, uh, the head of the archaeology at uh, the Ohio History Connection. You know, he's probably the leading authority in the world on the Hopewell and stuff. The mm -hmm. people who lived here around the tur turn of uh, the millennium, well, no, around zero, yeah, the time of Christ. We're talking like uh, Serpent uh, Mound. Yeah. And... Well, the Serpent Mound is controversial. No one knows that. It, some people think it's a. Uh, um, Around 2,000 years old, some people say it, the most evidence seems to indicate it was around 800 years old. But um, the, so that would be the Fort Ancient people. But there's uh, there's a lot of really amazing information. But I don't think uh, you know a lot of the professors are going to talk about the fact that these people would think nothing of um, uh, taking your leg bone and hollowing it out and turning it into a flute and playing a jaunty little song on it. You know, yeah. um, I I. I <clears throat> lean towards the creepy stuff they are all aware of that but they don't 
Yeah, yeah they're talking they're, about the. Yeah, they're not <laughs> focusing so much on that as about how they clean their. F- yeah, yeah. F- uh, clothes in the river. Yeah, so like how yeah how they the the um uh, their way of life was a lot different than mm-hmm. the nighttime way of life. The Eastern agricultural complex of grains and squash and things for food. Yeah, but I um I like to focus on the the beliefs and mythology and stuff uh, that seems to be present through the Algonquin Indian uh, tradition and the um underwater panther and the uh Uctana, the serpent and the horned serpent these um creepy you know i just found I out recently um that that that's gutted the um serpent mound yeah well it's been um it, yeah it's been excavated uh, and it was a, there was a um a professor from harvard uh, in around 1900 i believe or 18 maybe late 1800s i can't remember exactly but he um excavated and you know that so it has been there's no uh, human remains in that one. that's what i learned so, i was yeah. like i was pretty jarred by it i was mm-hmm. like man i always thought that there was something I, it's, it doesn't really make in my opinion it doesn't lose anything yeah but it was just still kind of like shocking that I, this whole time i thought that that was it it didn't it doesn't have any um it, it its purpose was purely ceremonial it seems so yeah. there, so there was no there's no uh bodies in there yeah. <laughs> um now there are a lot that, uh, that still do have them um but the but there all the ceremonial uh, earthworks are really fascinating um that's a, they're actually up for a uh, unesco world heritage site nomination um because they're unlike anything else yeah. in the world they're amazing and and the amount of skill and technical knowledge that was required for these people that were using antlers mm-hmm. to move hundreds of thousands of tons of earth and into precise alignments that there's earthworks in newark that um don't ver they're completely aligned within one degree of earthworks in circleville That's a distance of 60 miles insane yeah it's it is insane <laughs> it's just a and and the like the serpent mountain the, it's got uh it, so many different aspects of from the skies incorporated into it uh you know constellations the the lunar and solar um alignments and what is i used to uh spend a lot of time at the the park that is right beside chillicothe corrections uh, across the, the mound Ross. mound city mound city yeah what and it wasn't because i was in prison uh-huh. uh but what is that? Because I would walk that every day. Yeah. I just was able to take a break there. Yeah. And I would walk around that big square. Yeah. What is that set up as? Um, well, that's a, a necropolis. Um, but it, it uh, that was a place. That, that's one thing that's really fascinating. The um, the excavations there and uh, some of the other sites, the Hopewell sites, indicate that people were coming thousands of miles, you know, and they didn't have horses. The Spanish brought horses. This was 2000 years ago. These people were traveling thousands of miles to perform ceremonies here in central Ohio and bury their dead and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So this was pretty much Mecca for most of the North American continent, the central Ohio region. And, and it was, yeah, the, the mounds there have been found with, you know, uh, resources from all over the continent <laughs> and it's it's uh that's how we knew but there's there's some really cool stuff there there was uh in one of those mounds there was a, a death mask that a shaman would wear that was a it was a mask made out of pieces of human skull to so it would look like you were a skull <laughs> yeah. um yeah i bet he was a 
big hit at parties. Uh, <laughs> but, well, that, here he comes. Yeah. What's yeah. he going to be wearing today? Yeah. Who is he going to be wearing today? Yeah, the, this guy. The, the Hopewell were really into macro and micro like uh, kind of relationships mm-hmm. and things. And I feel that the Mound City is actually a, um, a larger representation of what their um, burial hut uh, the Charnel House villages would be because uh, they would, um, whenever someone would die, how they would be, uh, the, what those mounds are <laughs> comprised of was uh, they'd strip typically the body of flesh, of all the flesh, and then uh, burn the remains in a clay basin mm-hmm. and with a lot, and ceremonially break if, if, if the shaman uh, used um, clay pipes uh, to connect from the netherworld to the upper world, they would break all those ceremonially to um, kill them. Yeah. And those would be part of it. So it, so these charnel houses had these long um, bathtub-like shaped clay basins where they would do cremations. And then the little pits around where they would have uh, various burials, then they'd mound it over. And then they'd do another one on top and mound it over. And so I think that uh, just the way there's a big, long oval uh, mound in the middle of Mound City, mm-hmm. I think it's just a giant um, version of the layout of a charnel house. So. Yeah. Um, you go there during the day and there's like school kids yeah. doing their tours and they're all running up and rolling down it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, do you realize that uh, this is... <laughs> you don't, don't, yeah. Those have been excavated <laughs> too, but yeah, don't run on those. <laughs> well, you know, a, a timely um, subject for that, uh, during the war, World War One, you know, a lot of that was leveled. The correctional facility, the... the that was not a correctional facility. Right? Yes, it was, it was um, uh, Camp Sherman and yeah. it was uh, the World War One training camp and the camp uh, extended over most of Mount City. They demolished a lot of it to build training camps, oh, too. okay. And they would actually do their exercises by running up and down the... So that was in 1917, and then 1918, uh, the um, influenza outbreak uh, mm-hmm. occurred. There you go. Yeah. The, A little tie-in. Uh, yes. And it um, uh, killed 1,177 uh, um soldiers there at that location and Chillicothe the undertaker um <laughs> they they weren't prepared for death on that scale and uh actually um we uh, have incorporated this as a tour and uh one of the people who assisted us her it was her uncle I believe that was an undertaker that it was right across from the majestic theater and they didn't know what to do with the body so they started storing them in the uh, dressing rooms and they converted the Majestic Theater into a um, morgue. Yeah, and a morgue, and, and they would do um, embalming right on the stage. They would haul the bodies up out of the dressing rooms and embalm them and pump the blood out into the alley, which is still called Blood Alley to this day. Wow, um, yeah. and that was um, during the pandemic, so all these bodies are infectious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's like, yeah, you know, it's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and they and they poured. I did the uh, math on how much uh, blood that was. I think it would be around five thousand five hundred or something like gallons. Gallons. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of milk jugs. Um, yeah. Uh, but the the place, the majestic, and both uh, Mound City have ghost stories related to them. You know, uh, uh, there was actually a performance once at the majestic where uh, the audience saw. A body on a gurney appear on stage mm-hmm. and then vanish. Um, what? Yeah, which is nuts. And um, 
yeah, there's a there's a lot of fun ghost stories at the Majestic, um, but uh, then also Mountain City. Uh, they, there was a um, one of the maintenance men. He always takes time off anytime they're doing any excavating because that's when everything sort of seems to go haywire, electronics and mm-hmm. maintenance, uh, mechanical equipment. So, yeah, so they're uh, kind of a little tight end um, plague. Why <laughs> isn't there much more activity? happening because i to be honest i've never okay like here at this location yeah. we're at a place called the fort mm. which is 2050 south high street it's yes. a big white building that's tied to um the railroad yes and uh like if you were to go back this long hallway there's a dock and right there is a railroad yeah they used to make um fire engines in this building mm-hmm. and I hear stuff, I see stuff, but I just attribute it to my imagination. And if you hear something settling, then you're automatically going to think that it's something else. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't believe that I've ever seen an entity, Mm -hmm. you know, that's been obvious. Like, you have people tell you stories. Like, I saw the glass fly across the room. I've never seen something like that. Yeah. So... I mean, with this being such a, like you said, this is the mecca of where multiple uh, tribes uh, yes. would come yeah. and, you know, whatever, for thousands of years. Yeah, for thousands of years. Yeah, like this, yeah, right along High Street was the old Sayota Trail, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's hard, like, since I've never seen anything... I, I'm a, that makes me a skeptic because I can mm. say that that was probably something else. I don't believe it unless I see it. Yeah. So I'm not saying that I don't discount other people's stories. Mm-hmm. I don't say you're lying. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. I'm just saying, well, that's good for you. I don't. Yeah. I haven't seen that. So mm-hmm. um, how many things that you th- have you seen? Um, well, over my life, I've had I've had. Uh, a fair share of uh, strange things happen. Um, when I was a, uh, in terms of an actual apparition sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, I would have to say there was only once, and that's I was a teenager, and um, uh, my parents built a house out in the country, and um, my father was um, traveled for work, so we had a neighbor, an older guy who would um, watch the house whenever we were building it, and while we were not around and he became a family friend well one day uh we found him dead in his house and uh after that my parents decided to go ahead and buy the place and let me live there in high school so i could sort of get a taste of independence before going off to college and um he uh he liked to uh, mess with uh the bathroom a lot like mm-hmm. my friends would come over and they get locked in the bathroom all the time and i never would have any problems but they always would um the uh i had a cassette deck this is how long ago this is the late 80s early 90s yeah. that would um my mother would um i'd be at school during the day and she would hear this the music blaring from that place and she'd go over and it'd be on all the time we thought someone was breaking in uh one time i got out of the shower and hello bucky was written in the steam of the mirror uh in the no. bathroom mirror it was still dripping down you know like it was fresh which I don't know. Um, but, but the door was shut, so yeah, nobody yeah, could have Yeah, I know. This was at like 7 in the morning and, you know, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so wow. it was just kind of uh, – uh, it could have been 
my parents playing a prank, maybe, I don't know. But, but the thing that really uh, was um, something I just couldn't discount was one day uh, I was laying on the couch reading and um, I noticed a, a mist coming up and I thought it was coming from the foot of the couch and it was a really hot day in August. I uh, thought maybe it was condensation from the air conditioning, but I couldn't get a sense of depth with it. So I was staring at it and it was kind of like cigarette smoke, but it moved a lot slower and um, it was a bit more dense and uh, trying to gauge where it was spatially. I lifted my leg up and it went up and then came back down. So I realized it was over me and I, uh, I wasn't really scared at the time. I was just confounded by what am I seeing? And yeah. I stared You're at trying it. trying to analyze yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what it is. Uh, you know, like, is this a, am I um, giving off vapors? What, you know, and, and then it just dissipated. And it was after that that I was like, wow, I think I saw a ghost. But, um, but like, you know, the thing about these things is uh, there are people who, uh, anytime anything happens, the shoe comes untied, they drop a phone and it's the spirits, you know, yeah. um, and there are people who look for a rational explanation. <clears throat> and so I don't know, it's the, it could have been something natural that I just wasn't aware of, but that was, there was that, but I've had a lot of strange things happen, um, doing these tours. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I've, yeah, I've actually, um, when I first started doing this stuff, I, had read about like, oh, you know, whenever you focus on uh, ghost stories and really into that stuff, they'll, you'll draw attention to yourself from the other side. And I thought, well, whatever. But I, <laughs> I, I use our Facebook page uh, as a bit of a blog. And this was very early on, probably like six years ago or so. I was, I was home alone. I had written a story. And as soon as I hit enter, uh, there was a remote control like monster truck that was sitting in the corner of my living room that I'd gotten as a Christmas present two years before I completely had never touched it it never been turned on you have to switch it on under the chassis and then the remote control itself I didn't even know where that was as soon as I hit enter that thing just went across the uh, living room floor and uh, I kind of uh, jumped in like <laughs> Sylvester the cat into the ceiling you know it was just a strange but it was uh, mechanically moving. Yeah. Like you hear it go. Yeah. Okay. It just went right across. So somehow it got turned on and just went all of a sudden by itself. Yeah. When I was home alone. And Interesting. Yeah. And, and, uh, so I don't know. I've had that few things like that. It was, it was right around that week. I had once I got out of the shower and my towel was soaking wet as if it had been soaked. And again, I was home alone. Like mm. had it been dunked in the toilet? I don't know. Not a very appreciative of that one. I mean, without giving details of the location, uh, what part of town was it? Uh, I live in uh, the near east side, so okay. it's an old house. But right. but um, I don't know. The, the, another uh, strange thing I did see one time too was uh, getting ready to start a tour. I stepped out on my back porch and uh, I was stretching and looked up, and there was a footprint on the uh, on the ceiling. Okay, which is about. Uh, eight nine feet up and it was just a single footprint how did you see so you just happened to you were stretching and you i just stretch you know uh, and looked up as i was doing so and there was a footprint i think it's, was it like a sneaker uh no it's a bare footprint oh what? yeah it's still there i haven't washed it away yet because i just thought it was cool it's still there <laughs> yeah how so, long ago was that? that? That was a couple of years ago. I've never watched it. And I actually i honestly forget about it and never every so often i'll be on what the do you back th porch. i mean is it like dust or in paint it's or? like dust yeah, it's, what? yeah, it's cool. 
It's, I'll send you a picture when I get yeah, home. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah, um, I'll I'll put I'll, like I'll put it up while sure. we're talking about it. Sure. Um, what do you think this stuff is? I don't know. I think it's a variety of things, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's so much strange stuff that goes on with quantum physics, you know, um, that we don't understand, and we're beginning to understand that. that um, uh, photons can hold, store information and hold memory. So um, uh, water can st- be used as an st- information storage device. Uh, the the effects of certain angles and colors on our psyche, um, you know, there, yeah. uh, the collective unconscious, there's just so many different things that could be going on. And uh, there's a variety of types of, spirit manifestation you know ideas like the residual ghost where it's something that's sort of like a record on repeat or of of kind of a just a memory lingering in a location that's not that's mm-hmm. just a imprint um which that's i tend to um you know when i think about the whole quantum physics and, and storage it's of information like the string theory yeah things overlapping yes yeah yeah but then there's um crisis ghosts which are something that have existed in every single um culture since the beginning of recorded time where you know uh a distant would you just call it a crisis crisis ghost crisis yeah so this would be like whenever you're uh you know you wake up in the middle of the night and you're grandmother's standing at the foot of your bed then you get the call an hour later that she died um and and that's a that's an example of it but those are something that how can you discount that it's happened across i had a uh i had an aunt who um one time was at her kitchen sink washing dishes and she saw her uh she saw her great uncle wander through her back garden and she said what is he doing here he lives like two hours away and she went out and looked and he was nowhere to be seen and then she got the phone call whenever she walked back in the house that he had died so it's you know it's just uh, those have been happening since since the beginning of time and uh so i how do you discount that and that i wouldn't think that's certainly probably not part of that string theory that would be more um collective and that we have a link Mm -hmm. mentally with each other that we don't quite understand or right, grasp that's, or utilize. That's like, cause I've actually heard of that happening and the subject hasn't even passed yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it's more of like an energy. Yeah. It, there's a, very often it will be moments before, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, it could be leading up to, you know, or uh, I've heard there's uh situations. I mean, we're kind of taking a turn here, but, there's times where somebody will see something like, oh, and they'd be like, hey, go check the pool. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? yeah. And the kid is just about to jump in the pool. Yes. So it's yeah, like, the, oh, the warning goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that, no, that happens quite a bit too. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've, um, I've talked with a lot of people who, um, have experienced that as well, which is, I like to think that if there is something out there <laughs> they're looking out for us, that would be nice. You know, how many different places um, in Ohio have you actually? I mean, because you can't have everything on your tour, but I'm, just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I imagine that you're just enthralled with information that you're always looking. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm countless mm-hmm. uh, places. I, um, I, I, 
originally doing this, I was like, okay, after a little while, I need to kind of take a break with all the ghost stuff. <laughs> yeah. Get a little too much. It changed my, uh, but I do seem to have an endless, uh, um, tolerance for it. So I can really, I can really soak it in and spend a lot of time doing it. And it, and it has, uh, so whenever I travel, I try to go find at least a couple places that have what about, legends like, associated with them. What's the, the inn out there in the Granville Inn? Granville. Yeah. Inn. Yeah. That's, um, that's an interesting place. It was, it was built in 1812. It's the oldest, uh, continually operating, uh, stagecoach inn. although there's lots of others that are right around the exact same time. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's got a few different uh, ghosts. I've had some experiences there before. Uh, there was a um, woman named Bonnie Brunel. She was a um, stage actress that uh, left the stage and ended up running the inn. And she uh, haunts, um, I believe it's room number nine. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, the lady in blue, and she, uh, I had some friends who got married there uh, a couple of years back. And uh, she was staying in the, the blue lady's room and right before the wedding uh her best man because uh, she had a best man <laughs> was like oh my god mary you put on that terrible perfu- yeah. cologne or perfume that's disgusting i can't breathe you know i hate that shit like why did you put that on she said hey i'm not wearing anything and they both smelled it and then it just went away like that so that's one of the things people will smell bonnie that. does yeah, yeah but there's a lot of old uh uh and that still operates. Oh yeah, it still operates. Yeah, it does. Yeah, there's. I mean, that that's. Uh, it's it's cool. The um, uh, if you the, the old flagstones through the hallway and going down into the there's an the, the bar downstairs. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've been there. It's pretty. No, I've never been there. It's a step back in time. It feels like you're in Europe. <clears throat> but that's where the the little bar downstairs is where the um, stagecoach drivers would sleep. And there was a little boy that was supposed to have uh, died, um, of illness there in the 1800s and um and he haunts that there's also a cat major buxton that's named after major buxton who was a person who also haunts it so yeah it's got it's got a lot of different um uh ghosts associated wait with that's it. what it's called right the buxton inn. buxton inn yes okay. yes named after general buxton um or major buxton excuse mm-hmm. me he was a guy now who, when you ever go to these places do you ever take like instruments and stuff and do n- no i'm not much of a ghost hunter okay. uh I, I didn't think so I yeah didn't. i i uh You're more of a historian yes i i have a um a, a kind of a mutual of Omaha sort of Marlon Perkins sort of with uh, attitude with it if you know people want to do all that stuff I don't like to poke that bear you know yeah, like okay. yeah I'll stay in the jeep you go pet the tiger and see what happens uh but occasionally we uh, right before uh um the pandemic uh happened we were starting to tiptoe into that mm-hmm. yeah and there, there, a lot of places one thing there are so many amazing historic places like the buxton inn um around ohio that within an hour's drive of columbus and i think a lot of people that live here just won't leave 270 and right um but podcasts are a popular getaway and things like that and i decided you know what i'm going to have a living uh podcast and started doing our mystery uh, legends and lore tour where we'd take people once a month on a Sunday, they'd meet up, get in a bus, and they wouldn't know where they were going. But I could guarantee them it was going to be fascinating. And we did one in February, and then mm-hmm. everything happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it, but that was at um, the Brown Ellick Cottage in Galleon, Ohio, which is a... Are you still uh, planning on do, keeping that? We will. We'll be doing them once uh, things 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we did the one that was this cottage where um, a, a bishop had been uh, excommunicated for adopting communism. And it's uh, this amazing uh, old mansion. It's called a cottage, but it's huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we got to visit that. And, uh, and, and some people brought some dowsing rods and tools and stuff so they could sort of do a little bit of hunting. But I, you know, a lot of the places <clears throat> I go, I just, just, I just prefer to feel be in the moment of the the legend right. and the history to... you know yeah if you just think about the um the people that occupied that space and what it meant to other people um you don't need to put on a hardy shirt and scream at them you know <laughs> i don't think that's really you're not going around about it the right way um if you're doing that but wow yeah interesting yeah yeah so uh, what, when you were talking about this place and having the sounds mm-hmm stuff like that um uh, kind of interesting and another topical uh, thing is the um there used to be a plague cemetery right over here um i'm not sure if you were aware of that there uh, used to be a lot of urban cemeteries and they had to move them because having corpses in your drinking water was problematic and there was a huge cholera epidemic in 1840 uh nine 1851, but there was a plague cemetery that was just uh, right on the other side of 104, uh, not very far from where we're at right now. Okay. And uh, yeah, they didn't uh, move a lot of the bodies there, but uh, uh, they didn't move them out. No. Okay. No. They just built on top of it. Actually, it's still just a big empty lot for the most part. But yeah, there's a few houses over there that I think whenever they. in the 80s, I found some old newspaper articles where they were like, hey, look, tombstones. <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, when they're working on their basements and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, nearby. And also um, the old abandoned uh, Buckeye Steel, uh, not too far from here, which had some really uh, cool ghost stories associated with it. And my dad, uh, when he graduated high school, uh, he did a stint at the stockyards, uh-huh. which... I think those were probably closer to like 670 and like Joyce area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back, that would have been back in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. The, the stockyards. That, well, there was a, there was an animal rendering plant mm-hmm. um, somewhere near here that uh, I think in the 70s um, they had some sort of a, uh, it was a bio <laughs> biohazard that took place uh, just as a, a part of the process, and uh, several employees like walked in, dropped dead, and they sent some uh, emergent first responders. They stepped in and <laughs> dropped dead right away. It's like a hazmat. Yeah, scenario. yeah, wow. uh, just from breathing the air over there. So I don't know. There's a lot of a. Uh, there, there's so much interesting history. I think whenever you know, whenever I first moved to Columbus, I was like, yeah, it's kind of flat and pretty pretty blah yeah. But, but yeah if you go back 200 years it's so fascinating i know it's 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 insane yeah like i just took a, a history class um when was it last fall mm. it was american history pre-1877 so it's like everything mm. before uh reconstruction yeah and i learned a lot just from taking that course and um just, I mean, just to think about, like you said, this the it wasn't until the Spanish yeah. brought horses, horses. Yeah. over here. There, mm-hmm. there was no horses at all, is what you're saying. Yeah, there were no horses. Um, what did they use to water 
and feet. Water and feet. <laughs> yeah, you traveled by water or by foot, which is why, you know, um, that's just the distances that they were traversing um, with with tons of... So there's um, uh, one of the Mound City mounds, or no, it wasn't Mound City. It was a Hopewell site, which is near there. Um, uh, over 2,000 uh, pounds of stone from a site in Indiana that like, was like 300 miles away that was transported to Chillicothe area yeah. for a, just for a burial. So, so well, uh, you know what was fascinating that you mentioned earlier about how that location in newark mm-hmm. <clears throat> correlated with uh yeah one of the hopeton in circleville yeah and it reminded me instantly of the kensington stone mm-hmm. um and then there was that place i mean we all watched we all if, if you ever had cable and you had a sunday afternoon mm-hmm. you watched one of these programs yes. where they're you know <laughs> ancient whatever mysteries yes. <laughs> it's just so crazy how like they used water as a reflection to see, and they use they used the stars as a map yeah. in a reflection pool, so they knew where they were going. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's what they. It's believed that that's how these um, earthworks are so perfectly aligned because mm-hmm. of using the, the celestial celestial markers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is really interesting, and that's a. Um, it's fascinating to me initially my mind was sort of tingling whenever I was working on our um, Ireland tours and uh, in conjunction with the Ohio earthworks and the ancient uh, um, Mesolithic uh, mm-hmm. sites in Ireland and I was seeing the correlation between these things and the fact that um, uh, some of the Algonquin languages uh, have ancient Gaelic words incorporated into them and i was like oh wow this is nuts to think about the things that happened that we don't know about but there's certainly some sort of connection there. well there's it's the same with africa and uh native tribes in florida yes there was a lot of similarities way long time you know yeah and and it was way before you know any Thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is pre-Columbus. Yeah, yes. You know, even yeah. though, as far as I have learned, that Columbus never actually set foot in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not too sure why. Yeah. Here, we got so much stuff named after uh, him. Yeah. But, I mean, I get it. Uh, so, but there are, I mean, who was it? Um, the the Viking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Erickson. Eric Erickson mm-hmm. came way before anybody else but there was probably people before him mm-hmm. that game yeah uh there was actually there's a really interesting um whenever i was working on our ancient earthworks tours uh one thing that was really fascinating to me was uh there's a 12th century um a legend of prince maddock a, a, a welsh prince who fled wales and supposedly inhabited north america and there were these um uh, shawnee legends uh of the moon-eyed people, the Osgan, which are these folks who uh, inhabited the what is kind of Kentucky, West Virginia area, and um, how they had they were they in description they sounded more like supernatural beings, but <laughs> these little uh, maybe even extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. but uh, the. Um, a lot of the theory is is that oh it was Prince Matic, this Welsh guy that you know came well before. Uh, 
Christopher Columbus or um, Eric Erickson or Leif Erickson, excuse me. Yeah, Leif. Um, so, and then we have. There's I, I follow this um, Instagram page and it's um, it's I forget what it's called. I have to look it up, but it's got photos of these people that um, dig in Alaska, uh-huh. and it's they unearth. Just every day, they're unearthing some kind of mammoth. Oh, the, the art like they're paleontologists? Yes. Or, okay, yeah. But it's like they're just... <laughs> it's a weird fetish. Well, no, it is. It's like they're just normal people. I don't even... Okay. I think the main... Ar- armchair, oh, yeah. The main yeah. people are paleontologists. Mm. But you can go there and just, like, buy a shovel at the store mm. and just go to this area, and you're guaranteed to find something. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it's just this one area in Alaska. I think it's called like Digging Alaska or hmm. something like that. But um, it's strange how that area on the map, you know, kind of coincides with Canada and you know the Arctic and uh, Russia mm-hmm. and the way that the the, the, uh, the Bering Strait was Bering Strait in there. Yeah, yeah. So this all culminates into where people. You know, there were no horses, yep. but people would walk back and forth. We're stepping foot onto the North American continent. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. That's a, that's gotta be a pretty intense place for <laughs> that sort of work, you know, yeah. but I would imagine it'd be difficult to dig with the, um, the permafrost, but you know, hell, if they can get <laughs> volunteers to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. So back to Ohio, mm-hmm. um, you have, uh, the Olentangy and the Scioto. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, like, in, I mean, in that area, like, you've got, well, we'll just kind of keep it t- more inside of 270, mm-hmm. you know, like down, not necessarily downtown, but like mm-hmm. Upper Arlington, all this, you know, the suburbs. Mm-hmm. What what else has you, have you found fascinating? Uh, but in terms of the just the history of... History in, like, uh, just people telling you stories well um you know within 270 there's been um uh, i've uncovered some really interesting stuff recently i was uh whenever the quarantine started i i kind of anticipated that um, there would be people that would go missing probably as in get me the hell away from you kind of yeah. and, and disappear which we did see that happen a bit but i was i was going to wait a minute wait a minute back up we did see that happen a bit, like oh, well, there's um, uh, there was a girl Madison Bell in um, uh, Greenfield that oh, banned, yeah, 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 they yeah. thought she had been abducted and but it she looked just, horrible, but she just had had enough. Had enough yeah, family. And all yeah, that. poor thing. And um, uh, the uh, but I I was kind of going through these historic missing cases. Uh, I um, I mean, yeah, we've had some really terrible, strange mysteries within the past 10, 15 years, you know, here in Columbus, but. Uh, I was looking back at really old ones, and um, there was a woman named Lola Selly um, who disappeared from Grandview in the 1950s. And whenever they were, she had vanished. She was just going to um, hop on the bus and come downtown to uh, buy some uh, stockings at Lazarus, and she was just never seen again. But the the whole thing was is right around the time she disappeared, uh, 
a pedestrian or a motorist was going up near North Broadway in Olentangy and they saw a man and a woman in a car fighting and the woman kicked the wind passenger window out of the car and a red shoe flew off. Mm -hmm. So they were like, Oh, that has to have been her. Cause she was wearing these red Cuban heels. Um, but it was a few years after that someone was digging up in that particular spot and they found this skeleton and they were like, Oh, well the, there she is. That's mystery solved. But the skeleton was in a sitting position and it was um, a Native American. It was 2000, you know, probably old, uh, uh, you know, what? burial there. So they're everywhere. I mean, there's actually a, um, now I don't, I, I, I'm hesitant to um, promote it because it's not entirely accurate, but there's a, um, a, a map you can find on uh, your phone, uh, Z-E-E -Z -E maps, mm -hmm. and just type in Z maps, Ohio Indian, and it will, it's just massive it shows where um mounds were um this is littered with information ceremonial on. earthworks um z maps uh, uh, villages um just up and down along the highest street corridor in this area south of the city they were every mm -hmm. everywhere um but it does mention some that i know for a fact aren't actually mounds and there are some that aren't on there. Is it? Right. Or, you just leave it alone. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just kind of cool to look at it as a sort of reference, but you have to take it with a grain of salt yeah. for that because th these things, I mean, it's, you know, things that are 2000 years old and they didn't have written records. So how you can't blame people for <laughs> not getting it right, you know, yeah. sometimes, but yeah, there's, uh, I don't know that that's, um, something that like there's the big one in the big hill in Schiller park. And a lot of people, um, assume that that was a native earthwork and that's listed as a mound on the uh website but it's not that was what just it? it's just a construction um refuge <laughs> from when they were digging out fooled you building stuff yeah oh, yeah, yeah. So, but there was a village near there so a wyandotte village so yeah it's uh, the the native american history of this area is just astounding so it is mm. uh yeah. I think one of the w weirder things, you know, there was Mound Street is named such because of the there was an enormous mound there. Mm -hmm. And um, around 1815, they were like, OK, well, this is Columbus, Ohio. We want everything to be flat and straight, you know, so because uh, High Street had curved around it at one point. So they uh, excavated that, but they used the clay with the human remains and everything to form bricks. And those bricks were uh, used in construction for a state house uh, tower. And that building built down, burned down in 1852. But they salvaged the bricks and they're used in the basement of the current state house as well. So there's... Those bricks were made where? They were, they were made from the clay from the remains of the uh indian mound oh, so there that they, was that mound street was named yeah after. yeah that was at that intersection of mound and high so those so that in the basement of the current ohio state house there are bricks that are made with clay that contain knuckles and sacred artifacts and yeah. human remains of these ancient indians uh secreted within up. them yeah yeah that's <laughs> weird to wrap my head around yeah it is it's uh, i never knew that yeah there's there's a lot of really fascinating tidbits like that that I fill my head <laughs> with. <laughs> wow. I mean, you could literally, I mean, start a business. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. And I did. Speaking of which, um, so this uh, quarantine put a big damper on everything mm -hmm. you know i mean a lot of people just came to a screeching halt i have a lot of friends that are still out of work you yeah know, like like you basically yes yeah you it's kind of a like a i mean 
like I was saying before we started recording, I wish I could have taken some time off. There's so much stuff that I wish I could do. Yeah. You know, yeah. and this is where you're getting, you're like spending all this time. Yeah. That's, I, I decided I'm going to use it as an opportunity and not a detriment. So that's, uh, yeah, every night I, you know, yeah. pour myself a glass of bourbon and uh, start working and pull out the computer and put something on TV, background noise, and just sit there and, Research and research and research. And what have you uh, figured out? Like, what have you learned um, in the last couple of months while you were off? That's just fascinated you. Uh, well, a lot. Um, there's a couple, couple interesting ones that uh, uh, this week. Uh, uh, on this particular week in 1908, two interesting. Uh, I've specialized in ghost stories, but it, I really, anything that's uh, kind of yeah. creepy and mm-hmm. strange is fair game, I figure. Uh, there On um, Thursday of this week in 1908, 112 years ago, there was a, a clown that burned himself alive at the corner of a town and, or excuse me, Mound and, or Main and Front Street, excuse me, yeah, where the Julian apartments are mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, there was that was a, 1908? Yeah. And, and yeah, this guy, he... Um, 112 years ago? Yeah, he'd been a really... A big circus clown, but then he had a work-related clowning injury that <laughs> prevented him from clowning anymore. And he had to live with his sister, uh, moving in with his sister who lived on that corner in a house that stood there at the time. And he started collecting newspapers uh, while he was living with her, and it just became sort of an odd, eccentric thing. No one could really figure out why mm-hmm. until uh, on that day, it was uh, June 25th, uh, 1908, he formed a pyre out of them in his bedroom, lit him and jumped on. And his sister kept trying to drag him off and he kept fighting her and throwing himself back on. And uh, <laughs> until he was successful, he was a determined uh, a clown. fellow clown. Yeah. But yeah, and, but the really interesting thing in reading the newspaper accounts is how, you know, matter of factly they are that, oh yeah, you know, there's a big crowd that gathered on the intersection there and listened to this clown burn to death wow. and uh yeah so that's i i, I kind of like those anniversaries so sort of interesting so that was a fun one do you have a lot of those on your facebook page uh, yeah i do YouTube I, I do tend to i i will um tend to do that you know um another kind of interesting timely one was uh i couldn't believe a lot of them i'll plot them out like okay months in advance i'm like i've got them on my calendar on my phone like this occurred on this particular date this occurred on that particular date i'm going to go out and record a little youtube video uh just telling the stories since i can't be storytelling interacting with people right now Mm -hmm. keep them entertained and try to alleviate a little bit of the um uh, torture that has been quarantined for some folks but there was one uh in gehanna i don't know if you saw this video um Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the timeliness of it was insane, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it was a, a young man who was um, a young African-American guy that was uh, shot by a police officer while he was uh, in a tree. Um, and he pulled a wrench out of his pocket and the cop shot him. And and, uh, and that was 100 years ago on June 3rd that that happened. But it was really interesting that the, the, the guilt <laughs> seemed to manifest itself to these people in the way of these shower of stones that mm-hmm. were just raining down on the village, which I, it, it's just, that was a really fascinating one. And I actually found a, a recently, I found a, another article that a guy referenced that experience when he, he was a young man and he remembered 
this occurrence where this the village of Gehanna was being uh, just showered with these wow. stones. So it really I stuck. What it was. I don't know. That's a, you know I like to think that it might have been some friends and relatives that decided to go out and do their own little um, uh, protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. It was just it, it, it was. A, it was baffling to people. The, the town marshal was hit in the face with a stone and that seemingly came from a very close range, but there was no way he couldn't find anybody. They, they had cops. Uh, it all centered around this one uh, um, brick uh, merchant's house uh, who didn't have anything to do with the shooting or anything, but everyone was like, oh, it's because they shot that kid, Otis mm-hmm. Davis. That's why this is happening. Um, but they had cops... Uh, around his house like almost 24 7 and the rocks would still be raining down and they couldn't figure out who was doing it where they were coming from uh there was nowhere anyone could be hiding but it was still just kept happening yeah so it's one of those strange mystery kind of arthur c clark sort of uh showers of mm-hmm. <laughs> something that shouldn't be raining right yeah yeah so those are some of the fun stories i've i mean i've learned a lot of really cool ones i there's uh i found a um a vault at a little rural cemetery near uh, Hebron where a guy in 1850s, he didn't believe in God, which was very avant-garde for 1850s mm-hmm. uh, rural Ohio, but he uh, was really afraid of decomposition. So he had himself buried in a vat of alcohol. And there you go. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's still there at this little cemetery out in the middle of nowhere. And it's, um, it's just... Uh, Is it like in a mausoleum? Or? No, well, he had a crypt. And uh, stories about this had gone, it was like 50 or 60 years after his death that some people actually broke in because they were curious and wanted to see for themselves. And the um, so the crypt was open for a while so people could go and look at it until the family heard what happened and they had it entirely encased in concrete, which is the case now. But apparently... Um, his coffin it, back in those days, it wasn't uncommon for people to have these coffins uh, constructed with a glass viewing window. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah. so whenever um, it, his crypt was open, several people uh, were able to see him and they said, Oh my God, he looks as good as new. <laughs> so, so it worked. I don't it's know. Preserved. What, yeah. I don't know what kind of alcohol. They have some of those photos you see every once in a while online where it's like the people, they would pass already, but they're like, well, we still have to take a picture. Bring, bring her in. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I have some, uh, yeah, it was very popular in the Victorian era. I have mm-hmm. a, a big, like, uh, 18 by 25 <laughs> portrait of a Just a random person. He, yeah. He looks like Mr. Rogers kind of, um, it was, it was a graduation present from high school when I was a kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> my, my best friend's uh, father was an antique dealer and that's yeah, cool. He they found they it. knew you, I mean, pretty I, good. I've man. always been who I am. Yeah. As I said, yeah. Why did they do that? Um, it was just just because they didn't have cameras, right? And they're like, "Well, well no, we're... there was a camera." No, but... no, I mean, like, it, it took a while, like, to get somebody. They just they're like, "Well, they're they're not going to have the camera until next week, so let's just hold on to the body until." Yeah, well, the the, the portraits. It was just it was there. It was just a way of remembering that person, you know, because they probably never had a photograph in life, and they would want to okay be, be able to remember that that person even though sometimes yeah they looked very <laughs> disturbing you know yeah, it is. there there's one in um uh, tip top actually a restaurant on gay street in mm-hmm. the back by the uh, on the um eastern wall by the right before the women's room of a um of a person in a coffin upright with a family gathered around and this person 
died of some terrible disease. I would say maybe tuberculosis. I'm not sure, but the nose is uh, looks like it's partially decomposed. Yeah. And everything. So yeah, but but they would try to, when possible, uh, pose the corpses if they were alive. Sometimes, right. yeah. yeah, just hanging out. Yeah, which the, as a photographer yourself, like what a perfect subject, right? You know? Right. Yeah, it's just it's chilling because yeah. a lot of times it's children. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, the infomortality rate was so high uh, mm-hmm. that they yeah were often kids, but you didn't have to worry about them. Uh, well, I mean, shot. you would you would uh, you could walk around all these cemeteries mm-hmm. and see just a crazy amount of, and not maybe not in, well infant, but also mm-hmm. just children. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It was. I mean, it's we started a, a green lawn uh, cemetery tour, and um, doing that, I it, I spend a lot of time there. I always have since as long as I've lived here. Uh, try to go to green lawn whenever possible, but it's there's so many. Uh, stones there it's you'll you you'd never see them all but i found one um recently on a tour that's uh got a bird's nest carved on top of it with four eggs and on each side of the stone it's a different infant that this family lost within a short period that never one of them never even got a name because it was presumably born dead but yeah that was such a common thing you know I and mean, that's kind of a heartbreaking one to see mm-hmm. a little bird's nest but right. you know, with the with the eggs that never hatched um, man that's yeah but the, that cemetery symbolism is also kind of fascinating to me so yeah um you talk about like apparitions like i've i've never seen anything that i mean sometimes you'll hear something i'll hear something up here at like yeah. midnight but it's like, well, it could be somebody up there. Does it sound like footsteps? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, just like, what's weird about here is you can literally hear everything. Mm-hmm. When this guy's here upstairs, he makes furniture, and you can hear everything. Yeah. So when you hear like, footsteps just go like six steps and then stop. Pop. You're like, that's, yeah. I'm like, what is that? Where'd they go? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> yeah. Was it up there? Was it out there? Yeah. There's nobody here. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I I get those kind of things every once in a while, but not like seeing something where I'm like, there's no other explanation than paranormal activity. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's I mean, yeah, that's because there's a difference between creaking and footsteps. Yeah, and when you hear that, that's sort of a raises. <laughs> yeah, I mean when when. The show Ghost Hunters mm-hmm. debuted. Yeah. I was all about. I watched that show religiously. Yeah, yeah, you know, religiously. And um, I actually went to. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to have this part in the okay. podcast, but I went to one of the Comic Cons, the uh, Wizard. Uh, what's it called? The Wizard World. Uh huh. And Grant. Grant was there. Was there. Uh-huh. And. Nobody was. I walked up and I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm a big fan," you know. And he was like, "Cool," you know. And then his handler guy, I don't know if it's his management yeah. or whatever, his could have been his wife, mm-hmm. was like, "You have to pay <laughs> to talk to him." See him. <laughs> I'm like, like "Well, I, I don't, I don't have any money to pay, so I'm sorry." Yeah, well, but I just wanted to tell you I was a huge fan. Oh yeah, that's a. And right beside him was, uh, oh, what the heck is this guy's name? Scott Wilson. From uh, The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. okay yeah. He was yeah. Herschel. Yeah. And nobody was. Yeah, he was, he was just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. Just watching Norman Reedus <laughs> yeah. with 
a line out the door. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Um, and Michael uh, Rooker was there too. Michael Rooker, I'm not. Familiar. He was, uh, um, he was uh, uh, Daryl's brother. Oh, okay, yeah, the other Walking Dead, yeah, 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 um, yeah, Walking Dead. But like when that show started, uh, I was into it. But it just got to the point where it was like nothing ever came no no of it it no. was always like oh i felt something yeah it's like well you have all this technology yeah it yeah that's i it's got to be a bit disappointing for that you know because that's i remember whenever it first came out and i was mm-hmm. all excited i i think i just moved here uh and i was living in leafy dale which is got its own ghost stories. It's an alley called Denison on the corner of Goodale Park. But I remember there was one episode, I think they were in an armory in New Jersey or somewhere, and the um, the audio guys, uh, the sound guys, uh, recorder box flew up and hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, remember that? Yeah. And that was the one time I was like, oh, wow, well, they actually... That's the first time. I think it was memorable because that was the only time I ever saw anything that made me go, wow. Yeah, and then there was the one uh, penitentiary the uh, the eastern state eastern state yeah. where it had the sh- 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 oh the, yes the, the entity kind of, come up yeah, the aisle the and turn around and go back yeah yeah that was a yeah that was a chilling uh, thing yeah the, those were the footage. two standouts and yeah. they still they still operate yeah. they still have these shows yeah and, I, I don't think uh, those guys are involved anymore so much are they I don't well I think they Jason. are Jason are they oh okay. um yeah I just happened I don't watch much TV but I just yeah. happened to check check out that. Uh, I don't think they're together. Yeah, there's a rift. Yeah, but I, I think they're still friends, but they're doing separate shows. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, because I hadn't seen I hadn't seen that in a while. I knew that there was the international one that has an entirely different uh, right. group of ghost hunters. I um, now I don't typically watch those shows anymore because it's um they are I mean it's it's encouraging people to. Uh, sensationalize mm-hmm. this sort of thing and and a lot of times they take attack that uh you know it's there's there's such a societal like idea of of ghosts as he's out to get you spooky like they're going to scare you they want to kill you sort of mm-hmm. thing and i think that's ridiculous to even assume that just because you know um if it's if it's uh was once alive and no longer is and it's still present somehow then it's got to be it's bound to be uh malevolent that's yeah. just not wouldn't the the numbers don't add up there when you think about how many people have died on this planet that were perfectly lovely people and um and uh and that's sort of where they go with those shows so i tend to avoid them nowadays um but an interesting i did watch the mansfield reformatory episode because um I went there once uh, several years ago during the day and was just doing a self-guided tour, wandering around. And I was in the um, solitary confinement uh, ward, or cell block, and I was the only one in there all by myself. And as I was turning a corner, I got this kind of odd feeling because I knew that there was one cell where a um, – well, there were quite a few deaths in there. But there was one where a guy had been um, – two men were put in a cell overnight and – 
only one walked out. The other one, they found his body shoved up under the um, cot. And I, as I was turning this corner in the cell block, I got this weird kind of feeling. So I went to take a photograph of this particular cell. And when I did so, my flash was on and I noticed it was catching a mist. Mm -hmm. So I started recording and I recorded this um, mist form and just moved right past me and then go up a stairwell uh, right there on that corner on video. And, uh, I showed the lady at the gift shop whenever I was leaving, like, hey, check this out. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, you got something, you know, we get people catch things here. Yeah. And um, whenever I got home that night, I decided to go ahead and watch the Ghost Hunters episode to see if anything. And the only weird piece of evidence they had was that particular exact spot where I captured the mist. They had like a light or something come on in that particular corner. And I was like, okay. oh, that's kind of cool that, uh, you know. I've been there and I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just right at the very end when mm -hmm. you're turning around. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it was, a. It was, and I have a friend who said every time she goes to visit, she always gets a sick feeling at that particular spot too. I remember get feeling weird down there yeah. at, at that very spot. Yeah. At the very end of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. Which is, it's so strange. So it's a strange, there wasn't, uh, I'm trying to remember. There weren't too many lights down there. Mm -hmm. It was a lot darker in that area. I think there might have been a light at one end and a light at the other. So when you're walking there, you really can't see that much yeah. inside the ISO. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dark. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it is a strange, that's a strange place. And that's, mm -hmm. um, one. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people talk about it. nowadays. It seems like anybody, if you can get your hands on a building like this, uh, <laughs> you can make a fortune just selling it as a haunted location and allowing people to come in and do investigations, turn it into a haunted attraction around Halloween. Um, and I'm, did you ever go to the one in Bangs? Um, well, actually, yeah. My family, uh, my grandparents lived just a couple miles down the road mm -hmm. from that Johnstown road. And, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, my mom wanted to buy that and turn it into a family compound, <laughs> which is twisted, but, um, what just if, so everybody could just live there and, uh, the, mm -hmm. yeah. Cause we all get along so well, yeah. but <laughs> it, it was, I, I don't know what she was thinking, but, um, yeah, but that place was fantastic. It's, it's, it was such a shame to see it burn down. Um, oh. and that, do you hear that buzz? Yeah. I wonder where that came from. I don't know. It did just come on there. We got a little ghost in the machine, actually, maybe, huh? I don't know. Uh, full with your little... Um... See if I'm... No, it's not my... Let me see. Let me try. I can... Oh, I wait. No, no, I just went... No, it's not that. I can... I, I know I can edit it out. I've got this program that takes okay, weird... We noise reduction. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Huh. No, it's not. Oh, I wonder what that was. Was it, was it the? It's the television. I think it is. Yeah, it's got to be. Yep. Yep. It is. I wonder yeah. why it just sparked like that. I don't know. It's something got fired up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I mean, all this talk about this. It was right when we started talking about this building. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, that's yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, these, yeah, th that's something too that's kind of uh, one thing that whenever. Too bad I, we don't have a, what is it, the Frank's box? Yes. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> I, I do actually, I do have a couple of devices that I, um, I never ever use them like the spirit box and yeah, I get that, which that, 
Whenever I first got mine, it was a gift years ago, mm -hmm. and I put on the headphones and turned it on and started walking through my house with it channeling through the AM, and it just felt eerie, yeah. <laughs> like just doing that alone. And I thought, yeah, I probably don't want to do this in my own house, and put turned it off. But um, yeah, this, uh, it, this one thing about ghost stories I have to tell you, um, the... The people that own the uh, current jury, jury room, uh, Megan Dempsey, um, whenever they first uh, bought that place, they were like, ah, you know, ghosts aren't real. There's no such thing. And now uh, she's kind of come around like, you know, it's not what you expect when you think about like the the screaming or the things flying across mm -hmm. the room. It's all these little things like that that will just sort of like very subtly um, kind of I've been doing operate. this for I've spent hours and hours and hours with these headphones on, mm -hmm. with these electronics on, and that's never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's not the TV getting ready to blow. <laughs> hopefully it's <laughs> Well, it is old. Yeah, it's well, an old TV. Well, but no, that's a, yeah, that was a, it did start as soon as we mentioned this. So. Right. That's what's yeah. odd about it. It yeah. didn't happen earlier. It just happened yeah. right then. Yeah. I don't know if maybe there's. Do we have a little a blonde girl we could put it on white noise right, and yeah. <laughs> set her in front of it? There, here. Uh, uh -huh. So um, you were talking about uh, just when you get yourself in that mode, yeah. you get creeped out. You creep yourself out. Yeah. A lot. Oh, that's yeah. That's that psychosomatic. I think it is. Well, yeah. And I, I'm a little um, desensitized to a lot because mm -hmm. I've stayed in. I mean. W in haunted castles, you know, and, and yeah. the haunted room. I'm uh, this past Halloween. I spent at uh, Bobby Mackey's um, down in, in Florida. Uh, no, in, oh no, no, no. It's That's... in Kentucky. It's just in Covington, just on the other side of uh, Cincy. That was the one of the episodes of uh... Ghost Hunters. Or, no, or... it was on um, Unsolved Mysteries and. Uh, and, a haunting, uh, a haunting, a haunting, yeah. a haunting. Yeah, oh, that was, the, that the, was the a fun series. It is a portal to hell. Yeah, that's when I was a kid. Uh -huh. um, there would be like the in the eighties. There was a unsolved mysteries with Robert Stack talking about yeah. the, you know this um, slaughterhouse that oh, has man, a gateway to hell. Show. Well, that's where I was on um, Halloween. What, what do you, what, <laughs> a midnight Halloween what, this past year. What do you think? Um, uh, like I said, I'm pretty desensitized to these things, so I spent. Um, a bit of time alone there at the well, and and I know that um, Nick Groff uh, like put a cot over it and slept there one night, you know, not, not long ago. Who's Nick Groff? Uh, he's another one of the um, Ghost Adventures guys from the Travel Channel, sort of. Oh, like he's that, Ghost so. Adventures. Yeah. Okay, I never. never yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, there's a million. How could you possibly keep track of these days? But, um, but. Uh, it's I I wasn't really too freaked out at any point. Um, it, have you ever met Joshua P. Warren? No. I'd love to meet that guy. I'm not familiar with Joshua That's P. Warren. The, you know the Warrens, right? Oh, yes. Well, yeah, Ed and Lorraine, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's their son? Oh, really? Grandkid. A grandkid? I think it might be son. Hmm. He's got some films out. He's done quite a bit of stuff. I'm not aware of that. I'm surprised I didn't know because I've I was a huge fan of Lorraine's. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I I had a road trip planned a few years ago to uh, stop and visit her uh, museum. Yeah, and, but of course she's dead now. But uh, well, for for yeah, just recently. Yeah, pretty it was much. last fall. Yeah. yeah. Um, I listened to uh, Art Bell mm -hmm. religiously. Like I, I'm saying that word again. Yeah. Um, 
and then George Norrie. Yeah. But there was something about Art Bell. When I turned 18, I got a job in a gas station up at Polaris. Mm -hmm. And this was back when it was a shell station. It was the only gas station. There was, I mean, there was nothing. It was uh -huh. just the only, it was a highway and the gas station. Yeah. I remember that I went to Otterbein around that time. Okay. That's where we'd go to um, uh, study in between <laughs> classes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I would, oh, I work third shift. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? So I just started flipping around radio, you know, and there's this guy talking and it was Art Bell. And I just listened to him every night yeah. while I was at work and just so many stories and so much. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. I got to um, briefly uh, see uh, George Norrie when he was at uh, Lincoln not long ago. And I, I had a friend who hooked me up with uh, tickets um, and, uh, he was playing in the band. Um, it yeah. was uh, John Householder, and he and he was like, "Hey, Bucky, you gotta meet this guy." And, and George Norrie was like, "Oh, I've heard of you," <laughs> which I was like, "No, you fucking way." No, yeah. I, that's... So I so that's I, if that's true or whether he was just being nice, but that's what he said, and I yeah. um, that was a flattering. I know. Moment. I mean, even if even if he didn't, you're like, well, yeah. he knows me somehow. Well, he said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd had my uh, recording device for that bit, All but. Right. Um, or I could have asked him to do my outgoing uh, voicemail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But, but yeah. So yeah. That's yeah. But the Art Bell show, just uh, so much um, fascinating material mm -hmm. and urban legends and stories and myths and mm -hmm. and uh, and just general strangeness that he collected and got yeah. out there is yeah. Right. It was just it got me my I mean it piqued my that's like everything. Whenever I think of Art Bell, it just reminds me of like uh, Bigfoot, and I can tell you a couple mm -hmm. things after we're done. But um, th I think that podcasts itself mm -hmm. are born from Art Bell. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree. Everybody would agree. is just, you know, it's because before that, it was, you know, news. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and and I mean, if you see the the greater subject matter of in the podcast realm mm -hmm. is true crime and paranormal and right. yeah, yeah. So that's uh, I would certainly make sense, you know. And the Bigfoot thing, yeah, that's we we've we've done a, a Bigfoot camping trip uh, five years ago. We did one here in Ohio for a group of people. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, when are you starting back up? Tomorrow is actually my first. Uh, it's a private tour tomorrow, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, July second is going to be the first date that's available for tickets. And it's going to be a walking. Yes, we're only doing walking tours right now until um, until there's a vaccine. I can't, in good conscience, squeeze a bunch of people into a into a bus right. <laughs> to drive them around. So that would mean our um, uh, our our. Unfortunately, the the booze and booze tours, which are pretty popular, the drinking tours, we can't really operate those at this point. Mm -hmm. um, now, is that like use booze and booze tour? Do, you have uh, to where they can drink while you're driving around. Well, no, we, we um, they get a drink at the bar, have okay. a drink, and while they're drinking, I tell the story. Then we get on a bus and go to the next location and repeat and repeat and repeat. Um, and you're not drinking, or whoever's the driver. Uh, no, I have a driver. So, okay. Yeah, so that's what my my partner does the driving and stays sober for us. So I can uh, it can be a little bit like the drunk history show sometimes, yeah. depending on how uh, thirsty I am. Uh, but um, that's how those usually operate. And we do have a walking tour that can 
um, incorporate bar stops right. um, as well. But yeah, right now going inside any place and because of hours and closures and you're not really even allowed to serve people at a bar, at, like at the bar right. top. So, yeah. so that's not really on the table at this moment, but we do have several walking tours. I um, developed two new ones over the course of quarantine. Um, our downtown walking tour is pretty good. It just, uh, that's our, that's our kind of uh, standard uh, one that people have been doing for a long time. And uh gives you an idea about all these different ghost stories how, in the how, downtown area. About how many like blocks do you walk? Is it a lot of walking or is it? Uh, that one's probably around a mile to okay. a mile and a half. That's um, not too bad. No, no, no. And, and then um, we also have a, uh, we have a new tour of OSU and um, it's got some crazy stories. I, uh, I often kind of shied away from, uh, school uh mm-hmm. ghost stories because i'm like it's yeah it's college students everyone's probably um screwed up whenever they're seeing things you know yeah. but, but um but yeah there's some really interesting uh very um that there are some very interesting stories there that can also contain a good bit of historic and from nuggets uh, for people. Cause I do like to make a good balance there. So if you don't believe in ghosts uh, at all, if you get dragged along by a, mm-hmm. a significant other and there's going to be something for you in these tours that uh, either way, but there's an OSU tour that's uh, around a mile, a little less. And then uh, we have a, a Green Lawn Cemetery tour that focuses on a Civil War ghost um, oh, throughout okay. the city. Because I've one thing, there are so many different great haunted locations around the city and around the state that it's some of them it's not possible for a good flow and a tour even if, if we had a bus to be able to visit them mm-hmm. you'd be on the bus for 25 minutes to get from one location to the next and you kind of lose interest in the middle or you know so um this the cemetery tour is a really great way to visit the graves of these people who haunt all these different locations around town so you're taking a virtual tour of the entire city you know and seeing um being introduced to, uh, to this gorgeous piece of history uh here in columbus that a lot of people aren't really aware of amazingly yeah no i would imagine um so do they usually start late at night um well the walking tours in downtown and and on osu would be probably around between 7 p.m okay yeah uh, now the, it's not at the witching hour. No, no. I mean, I could do late night ones. It might be frightening for another reason yeah. if we did. But um, yeah, I I'm, I can do them at any hour, you know, as long as people are interested in that. Right. I'm pretty flexible. Now, the, the cemetery tours, we do have to do a little earlier in the day because they do lock that place up at 7. Oh, okay. Now... Do you have a list, like you say, if you have you have a, a schedule, like a date, like a calendar, mm-hmm. do you um, <clears throat> list the places that you might be stopping at or is it just random? No, I, 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 I don't like to do that because um, occasionally I've had people on tours before who show up and they, uh, they've they read like maybe that only in your state website, you know, it gives very, um, it, it's not very good about accurate information and it's it, it give people a cursory thing and they'll come into it thinking they're going to become the tour guide over the course of the evening. Oh, and so, so, um, they're like, well, I, I, heard. I did some research yeah. for before the tour and, and according to my findings, yeah, and it'd be something completely <laughs> way off base. Yeah. And, um, so I, so there's that. I think that it's more enjoyable for people to just you got to come along for the ride. Okay. You know, you got to you got to you got to set. It's like going to a movie. You just sort of have to put 
everything aside, put your phone on silence and just let me trust me to guide you through this evening's experience. And, um, and so far so good. People have, uh, responded quite positively to that. Well, I think probably, uh, cause at first I was like, man, I don't know about it because it's like not Halloween time. Yeah. But then again, you, you can market it because it's like, Dude, it's summer. You can wear your flip flops and yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not flip flops if you're walking. Yeah. But you know, you wear your shorts and your shorts. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, there are people for a lot of people that it's Halloween all year long. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and um the and it's more. It, it seems like it's more historical. It is, and well, and that's the thing about. Uh, there's lots of. I get lots of folks. And well, now travel is not quite as um, mm. going to be as prevalent for a while, probably. But uh, tomorrow's group is from out of town. Um, Oh, that's cool, but yeah, but I would uh, typically I was getting lots and lots and lots of people who would come here and say, you know, everywhere we visit, we always take a ghost tour because you get a very different sense of the city's history. Yeah. One that the chamber of commerce isn't trying to like glossy up and right. you know visit the historic North Market where there are this many vendors. If they don't talk about why it's historic, yeah. you know, um, so. Th- on my tours, you hear the you hear the uh, dirty underbelly stuff. That's fascinating, so, and I think a lot of people really like that because it's more genuine than the. So, how long did it take before um, you thought of doing this to um, you actually? I mean, were you like, man, I should do this, I should do this, and then uh, one day you're just like, I'm doing it. No, it was it was in the. In a moment's uh, notice, uh, like I said, uh, we were going to do a tour um, with another group, and um, a friend said, you should host one. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And it was like that. Yeah. And uh, and I that was I was looking at my phone, and it was on Facebook. She suggested uh, I host a tour. I responded, okay, I will. And then I closed that out and started Googling like different haunted locations and got out. I went to the store and bought some flashcards or three by five no cards and started uh, filling out a bunch of these different ghost stories and then trying to piece them together into okay. an itinerary that would uh, be um that would have some sort of flow and make mm-hmm. sense and that was it so now you can just you don't even need the flashcards at all right? oh no <laughs> no 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 that was only for the first like couple weeks yeah, yeah I, I, well and then when i was only doing it once a year you know or around october right. i would have to do a little refresher at the beginning of every season but um at this point, yeah, I've and I've always had a a good memory for those types of things. If you tell me something creepy, and I've got got dates are pretty easy for mm-hmm. me to remember. So, uh, yeah, so I don't really need that stuff as much anymore. The only problem is, is uh, as the years go on and I collect more and more and more and more information, it's just impossible for me to really keep it all in a mental index yeah. to whip out at the you know right. So sometimes I'll be talking with people and then I'll leave and then on the on the walk back to my car I'll be like oh god I could have told them about this really cool ghost yeah. story that or murder or whatever that happened. And you're like right don't there. forget that next time. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it would be in in reference to a conversation we were having. So, oh, okay. yeah, so I'll probably do that whenever I'm leaving here. <laughs> All right, so you you have a um, a web? Do you have the Facebook page? Yes, um, uh, yeah. The our Facebook is uh, booze and booze b o o z e ampersand b o o s, and uh, our Instagram is b o o z e b o o s, and um, 
our face or our website is columbusghosttours.com. Columbus so, Ghost Tours. Yeah, columbusghosttours.com. Yeah, so it's uh, a little easier to remember. Okay. And uh, yeah, the, I use the. I also do um, a monthly uh, article for Columbus Underground. Um, try to slip in some subversive information. <laughs> That's cool. I, I'll, I'll look at their back, your back episode or your yeah, back uh, issues, my articles. Yeah. Bucky Cutright, um, ColumbusGhostTours.com, Booze and Booze on Facebook, and it's not A and D. It's the ampersand. Yes. And then Booze Booze. Instagram. Instagram is B O O Z E B O B O O S. Yep, and it's on Twitter too for that. Video. Right. And then I'll put some links in my information yeah. when I go up there. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming in, man. All right. Thank you very much for having me, Jason. It's been great talking to you. Yep, likewise. Focal Point Podcast for the Focal Point Cinema and Sound Company.